Hello and welcome to another episode of Rethinking Rehab with Dr. Shane Smith. I'm a licensed physical therapist practicing out of Naples, Florida. I've been a physical therapist working in this area for the last 10 years, helping people move better, feel better, and understand what's going on with their body better. Today I wanted to talk about a little bit of a different topic, but something that I think benefits everybody. Exercise. Is it more for the body or for the brain? I think it's a fun kind of concept to think about. You know, most people, when they think about exercising, think about what can I do to physically improve my physical composition of my body, such as losing weight, losing fat tissue, improving muscle mass, improving bone density, all kind of things of that nature you'd think about with exercise more so than you would your brain. But I'd beg to differ that I think that exercise is actually more beneficial for your brain than it is for your body. Think about this. What if I were to tell you, if you do one thing and one thing only, you'll reduce arthritis in your joints, you'll reduce blood pressure, you'll reduce diabetes, you'll reduce anxiety and depression, you can reduce future dementia and Alzheimer's by just doing this one simple thing for 30 minutes a day. If you were told that you could reduce all those health complications, which are by far many common things the majority of people in this country deal with, I mean, think how many people over the age of 50 deal with arthritis issues that limit their ability to move and enjoy life? How many people have diabetes out there? How many people have high blood pressure? My God, that's probably at least 60 to 70% of the population in our country. How many older individuals deal with dementia or Alzheimer's disease that could be substantially reduced? How many people out there have some form of mental illness, some form of depression or anxiety that affects their everyday life? I would argue that number could be well over 50% too. All of these conditions I listed off are all positively impacted and or completely removed from problems if you exercise 30 minutes a day. I think that's a pretty simple, easy task to do to limit all those things I listed. If you've got family history of blood pressure issues, if your parents deal with really bad arthritis and have had multiple joints replaced because of it, if you personally feel depression or anxious with work and other everyday life activities, I think looking at some physical movement for 30 minutes a day is an easy task to do to help all those issues. One thing that I haven't discussed is with exercise, you're increasing blood flow everywhere, including the brain. Now, one of the tissues that needs the most oxygen gets limited with oxygen if we don't move to our maximal potential. So trying to get your heart rate over 120 beats per minute for 30 minutes of exercise is ideal. If not seven days a week, shoot for three to five days a week. Research studies have shown that if you move with a high heart rate over 120 beats per minute for at least 15 minutes a day, three to five days a week, you had an improvement in cognition substantially seen later in life than those who didn't move. So we know movement is good for our bodies in the physical sense of it's good for my muscles, it's good for, for everything else to get moving, but we sometimes don't think about the mental side of it. And that's one of the biggest benefits I get with exercise myself. When I go for runs or do anything active outside, I always tend to have a little bit more mental clarity, a little bit less anxiety after my runs. It's almost like the thing that we need to figure out problems in our brain is just time to think. And what better time to think than when you're in the middle of a run that's going to take 15 to 30 minutes. And it doesn't even have to be a run. It could be a bike ride. It could be a swim. 
could be just a walk in general, just something that takes you away from your normal everyday monotony of life that puts you into a different position that lets your brain think a little bit outside of the box for a short period of time. I've come up with all kinds of solutions to problems on my runs. I feel that the exercise portion is good physically for my body to move. That can't be understated. I mean, you do get so much benefit from just physical movement of the body. Joints get loosened up, muscles get some, some resistance training to them, the bones get load on them that they normally don't get in everyday life, which all benefits how your musculoskeletal structure functions as well as helps how your vascular system works. So many people that deal with peripheral vascular disease or other swelling-based issues in their feet or ankles, a lot of it has to do with stagnation and you're just not moving enough. If you can get moving better, that works on muscles of your blood vessels, which helps with blood pressure. So that's kind of the direct connection of how does exercise help improve blood pressure. You'd think that just putting more exertion into a system would just make that pressure go higher and higher and higher. And in fact, it doesn't always happen that way. What eventually will happen is because so much muscle tissue needs so much more blood than normal, all your vessels are going to open up more, which reduce pressure to increase the flow of blood to help with getting nutrients into muscle tissue that's needed for metabolic functions. But it also helps with strengthening smooth muscle on your artery lining. If those muscles have to work more with different changes in blood pressure due to exercise, they also get stronger as well. If your muscles can become stronger for vasodilation and vasoconstriction, which are the movements our vessels do with changes in blood flow, then they can also do a better job of regulating blood pressure, which then takes less load off the cardiac muscles because the pump doesn't have to work as hard if the pipes can get to the appropriate size to keep pressure how it should throughout the whole system. So you have such a huge benefit physiologically for our movement and exercise. But when we look at the brain, I personally feel that increasing blood flow to the brain has such an improvement in mood and personality. I mean, you get a huge endorphin rush. One of the best things to combat cortisol and other stress hormones is to increase your endorphin response, which is all your feel-good hormones that come from exercise and activity. If you can increase those hormones, we're able to handle life challenges much, much better. Nobody wants to be on high alert, strung out with tons of cortisol in their brain, ready to snap and explode at any second because the stress of life has gotten so daunting. Wouldn't you rather be in a calm mental state where challenges, problems come your way, but you're able to analyze and think thoroughly through what's the best option to solve this problem? That's kind of what your brain gets when you exercise. It has a better ability to rationalize answers and come up with proper conclusions to your problems. The sooner you can come to a conclusion you're happy with for a problem, the sooner you can move on from that problem and enjoy other parts of your day. I know myself has have been stuck on an issue before where you're just thinking and thinking and thinking about a problem and you just get so worked up emotionally because you can't figure out what is going to be the solution to that problem. If you could think about it for a shorter duration of time, come to an answer your brain is mentally happy with, and then mentally start working with other problems you've got to deal with, that's how you get over issues. And I feel that when you increase blood flow, just the ability for neurons, your brain cells to fire and interact with one another are going to improve immensely. You need sugars, you need oxygen for your brain to function. And if you've got an increased blood flow to your brain, which substantially happens when we exercise, we're going to have a much better 
functioning brain overall. Not to mention when you look at the long-term effects of exercise and improving blood flow to the brain, you can see a multi-year reduction in somebody that has Alzheimer dementia from becoming incapable of self-care, which I think is really an interesting and important thing to look at. This was a study that was done with people that already had Alzheimer's and dementia and knew their life expectancy was going to be shortened because of this disease. They had some people perform exercise 30 minutes a day, five days a week, and they had some people virtually do their normal routine. They saw almost a two to three year life expansion in terms of enjoyment and quality of life before that they were really needed to be taken care of. And though that may not seem like a lot of time to most people, when you're 78 or 80, to have three more years of positive life where your brain functions the way you want it to in terms of remembering who people are and how to take care of yourself, that's just three more years of independence. That's three more years of seeing your family grow up, you know, live and evolve. Your guidance, your wisdom can be given to those people for three plus more years. Uh, and that didn't even look at any nutritional sides of somebody with Alzheimer's or dementia. So we have known in research extreme benefits for cognitive health for even the most cognitively ill individuals. Imagine if you don't have any of those issues currently and you started exercising now. There are other studies that show white matter in your brain which help with actual nerve conduction and getting certain areas of the brain to communicate with each other better, which allow for better problem solving and rationalization of things. That all improved noticeably with exercise. So if we know in research already that blood flow to the brain drastically helps brain health, it helps mood, it helps stress level, and it also helps with talking pathways in the brain, then it seems a very simple answer to me. We need to just get our asses out there and move a little bit more because just walking for 30 minutes a day is not hard to do. You know, if you need to break it up into I wake up and I got 10 minutes before I need to really get going, get ready in the morning, then go out and walk for 10 minutes around your neighborhood and come back in. Maybe check the mail and walk the driveway two or three extra times to get 10 minutes in. Whatever task you need to do to get 30 minutes a day, five days a week of some form of cardiovascular exercise, you need to do it. I mean, it's it's a matter of your personal health and you having a direct control over your personal health. And now listening to this podcast, you have the knowledge of the benefits of your personal health to move for 30 minutes a day. You've got no excuse not to do it. Resistance training for brain health was not in some of the studies that I've read for this podcast. However, I have seen in other research in the past noticeable improvements, especially with Parkinson's and other cognitive disorders with resistance training. It really just helps you move to a larger amplitude and thus movement centers in the brain have a better understanding of large movements that can be completed. So just because cardio comes up more often for brain health because it increases oxygen levels for a longer duration more effectively to the brain, doesn't mean resistance training doesn't have similar benefits for stress and blood flow to the brain. It just means it may not be as good as cardiovascular is for the brain and blood flow. Whatever it is that you enjoy doing, do it. If you're not a cardio person, but you're a weight training resistance person, then do it. And just think about what your heart rate's doing during your workouts. Maybe doing something a little bit more cardiovascular intense with your workouts, like a HIIT training class, uh, or just keeping 
increase in heart rate throughout your workouts, not letting your resting heart rate get too low. That may just be reducing your rest times. It may be reducing weight totals and going to a higher repetition total of lifts. So instead of doing three sets of 10 at a certain weight that you feel is challenging, maybe you reduce that weight so that it seems slightly easy and you double or triple your reps per set. That will increase the load on the heart longer, which increases your cardiac output and also challenges blood vessels and increases blood flow to the brain longer, such as you would get in a cardiovascular exercise, walking, swimming, running, biking, whatever else it is that we've talked about before. So keep this in mind, especially as we get to this wonderful Thanksgiving holiday this week. I hope everyone has a good time with their friends and or family over the Thanksgiving holiday. There's a lot of turkey trots that go on over Thanksgiving. Uh, typically, it's thought of, let me get out and run a little bit so that before I sit down and gorge myself, I don't feel as bad about what I did, which also gets back to mental health. You cognitively feel better about eating a big meal because you just did something physically exerting and thus don't think it's going to make you look or feel as bad afterwards, which there is some physical truth to that. There's much more mental benefit to that statement as well. So I hope everybody enjoys this short podcast. Get out and move. It's not only good for your body, it's very good for your brain too. And I'd argue the brain benefits outweigh the physical ones. Have a great day, everyone. Happy Thanksgiving to you all. And until next time, keep moving and stay healthy, everyone.